This episode of the Model 3 Owners Club podcast is brought to you by Doolaban Insurance. If you live in Ontario, Canada, and are looking for the best price and coverage on your Tesla, give Doolaban a call at 1-855-385-4226 or visit our website at doolabaninsurance.com slash Tesla. Hello, everyone, and welcome. It is time for another edition of the Model 3 Owners Club podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Page, and joining me this evening are my usual co-hosts, Ian Pavelko and Eric Camacho. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Hello, world. Hello, Bonsoir world. Tout le monde. <laughs> how are you? Uh, how you guys get along this week? You, know, you had some little strange weather patterns and stuff. It's been bitterly cold a couple of days down here. We had some problems with ice and some freezing of doors and all kinds of stuff. I don't know what you speak of, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here because, and I don't want to be that guy. It's like, what the hell are you people all complaining about? But honestly, what the hell are you people all complaining about? Like, my car has worked so well, and I'm not in fanboy mode. I'm just relating an experience here. We've been hammered. We've been having nights of, like, minus 30-something wind chill. Uh, it's been, uh, yeah, yeah, we've had huge thaws where the car is soaking wet one minute, and then it's, like, entombed in half an inch of ice the next minute, and I have had zero knock on wood zero issues to date with this thing uh ever since they implemented the new uh, logic for the windows i find they snap open no problem at all um the door handles yes occasionally you have to get a little aggressive with the thumb to, you know to pop through the ice but it's they've worked like i've i've never been stranded i've never not been able to get into the car i've had you know no problems with the charge port like it's all been working mint so i i got i got no complaints about that <laughs> not asking for any refunds no <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Eric, you have nothing to complain about. You're in a warmer climate, so I'm assuming I you don't have, have anything I to have say. I have really nothing bad to say at all. Uh, we <laughs> had some rain today. It was not a great day to be outside, but uh, we're going to get some cooler temperatures. But my thoughts are for all of you who are experiencing this Arctic chill. Uh, it's supposed to be pretty stark weather <laughs> over the next few days. If you live in a colder climate, just stay bundled up, please. Yeah, we yes. had um, we had about two, maybe three inches of snow a couple of days ago. It's all gone now. It all melted. Uh, we did get some warmer temperatures last night and uh, resulted in a nice sheet of glass or ice everywhere. And um, um, didn't have any troubles with my doors. My my windows stuck a little bit, but that was, that was just a matter of just getting the doors open. Anyways, enough about the cold weather. We don't want to talk about this. It's been a little bit of a quiet week on the Tesla news front. But we do have a couple of items that we want to talk about um, as we get through. And then uh, later on, we'll get into uh, viewer questions. So I want to thank everybody for sending in your questions on Twitter, as we usually are like to do on a Thursday, because uh, it's our favorite part of the show. Anyway, so the first little bit we want to get into here is uh, Elon finally took to Twitter this week to give us some more rundowns on some stuff that's happening. Number one thing, uh, let me just pull it up here. Sentry mode is finally coming. Now, for those of you who don't know, uh, a few months ago, Tesla or Elon uh, mentioned that uh, on somebody's request that they were going to add um, some kind of 360 degree view to the cars based on autopilot's eight cameras. So uh, a Twitter follower named Andy Sutton uh, asked 
about Elon because he had a big, big major dent in his car, and Tesla said that the Sentry mode was coming for all uh, for all cars with enhanced autopilot. He went on to clarify, of course, because somebody was asking, "Do you need enhanced autopilot for this?" He says, "No, it's part of safety and security. So all cars with AP plus uh, AP two plus hardware will get it. So basically, all cars since uh, I think August of 2016 and uh, going forward will." Uh, get this software update in a short amount of time, hopefully. So I would suspect that it's uh, probably in the early access program or in the later part of uh, validations when we get this. So hopefully, um, I don't think it's in a direct reaction to what we've been seeing down in California about all the break-ins have been happening on the Model 3, but if it helps, then all, all is great. Um, I should caution most people, again, for those of you who expected a lot more from the Tesla Cam in version 9, just temper your expectations a little bit. <laughs> uh, these are not high bandwidth cameras and stuff. So, But if it gives us a 360-degree view for future things, namely for parking, that's one thing I'd really like to see, then all's the better. So uh, I would suspect if they're going to store those clips on the USB key, make sure you have a decent-sized USB key. Um, I think, uh, what was it, the Tesla Cam stores things, you know, it says front camera. So uh, based on the naming, of course, we'll probably get uh, some more... Um, some more views from around the uh, around the car. Um, you guys have any thoughts on this? Is this something that that you'd like to see? Yeah, who wouldn't? I mean, you know, free security monitoring. I I, I don't see what the downside of it is. I think it's great. Mm hmm. Eric, any thoughts Agreed. on this? Agreed. No, I, I, I sort <laughs> nice of, and simple. It's, it's really simple. I, I think uh, you know the the two things I think about is one uh, this again falls in line with uh, Tesla's uh, second. Uh, favorite thing they talk about, which is safety and security, uh, which is really great. Uh, but more so, it's it's utilizing what's already on the car and just making the software work in a way where it allows more features to be unleashed. And this is a very simple thing. And, uh, you know, we'll, I'm not sure how long they've been trying to test it and make sure that it works. But uh, we think once they're able to do the update and owners can get that on their car, it'll be a great thing because I'm sure a lot of people will park their car somewhere and they walk out an hour later and go, well, how did this happen? Who did it? And, you know, the cars that were there before they left are different now. So it's, uh, it'll be good to see what the, uh, what the cars can capture. And I agree with you that the quality is going to be a little bit different, but at least it gives you uh, some information that would help. Well, we'll certainly keep an eye on this. Uh, as soon as we get it, we'll, uh, we'll do a video thing and we'll talk about it on the podcast. The second little bit of information, um, usually in the same thread, and I'll bring it up here. Someone had asked, uh, how is advanced summing coming along? And Elon took to Twitter again to respond to the person said, almost ready to roll out regulators just approved it. Now, we have to unpack this a little bit. For those of you who are not aware, Enhanced uh, Autopilot is, I think, a couple things. Number one is follow you around, meaning the car, around like a pet um, in a parking lot. Uh, Elon did say, if I think it was last week, he said it was pretty trippy. So we'll see what that means. Um, the second part of it, I think, and we haven't had confirmation, is something that I've been talking about for some time now is uh, what I call seek and park mode. And I think it's still on Tesla's list of things to do. What I don't know, though, is that if it's part of enhanced autopilot or require full self-driving. But that's literally being able to get out of the car and let the car go out and find some kind of parking spot on its own and maybe summon it. Um, say, like, you know, you're eating at a restaurant and you're ready to go and you can just summon the car and meet you out front. I, that's what I hope. Mm -hmm. Whether it actually works like that, I don't know. But that's one of the features I'm looking forward to. So uh, the other part, of course, is talking about regulations. I'm assuming he's meaning the U.S., of course, because, you know, when enhanced autopilot, um, 
the last update that came out in version 9, what was it, uh, Navigate on Autopilot, took quite a while for us to see it in Canada, at least a month or two later. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I would, I would suspect he's talking about U.S. regulators. Again, this could mm-hmm. be a regional thing, so we really don't know at this point. He's not one, you know, Elon will get out there and he'll say something, but then he doesn't really explicitly explain, <laughs> like, all the little machinations and stuff. He just says, it's been approved. Well, what do you mean by that? Ha. Huh. Yeah, let's see here. Is there anything else in this thread we can take a look at here? Yeah, someone had asked, oh, Elon, in, in, in Elon We Trust, which is another Twitter account that I follow, uh, he says which states, and of course he didn't, uh, he didn't, uh, didn't specify and stuff. So just having a quick look here at the thread. I did ask Elon, I said here down at the bottom, I said, any love for Canada this time around? Didn't get a response, so. <laughs> hmm. hmm. I, th- I think the, you know, while we're trying to figure this out, I would be hard pressed to believe it would be regional. I mean, again, I, I've stranger things have happened. I, I just find it very hard to believe that they would make that regional. I think if they're uh, looking at regulators, it would be something that would occur across uh, the United States, um, um, and and then and then roll things out to countries outside of that. Um, just because I think that's what I think that's what I meant by regional. Uh, I should have said national. Maybe. Okay. Okay. That choice. I want to. For those for those who are listening to the show, uh, you know, uh, Trevor's been wrong in the past. I just want to make sure that we're <laughs> clear. We're clearing things up here for the masses. But no, I I, I sort of I think the same way you do because we talked before the show of whether or not Nav and Autopilot is currently in the EU, uh, and you know, I I think we all sort of are in agreement that it's something that we are we're going to see just initially, maybe in a few months from now, or you know, sometime later on. But I don't I don't think it's rolling out. As we speak, uh, if you are following the show and you do know of people who have Navin Autopilot in Europe, please tell us. Uh, we just we just haven't heard anything. Yeah. Um, but no, I, you know, this is a really cool feature. Uh, I'm sort of hesitant, especially here in Florida, because people in Florida and I'm this is not a stereotype. Many people don't park very well here in Florida. Um, I've seen a lot of parking lot accidents uh, here in Florida, so I don't know if I would want my car sort of driving on its own to park in a spot eventually. I guess it depends where uh, it might happen. But um, yeah, I think I think still having the car be able to maybe pull out of a spot and come to your location if you're reasonably close, especially if it's like a, a weather uh, weather day where you're like, I'm not going to walk out to my car, let my car come to me. That would be great. Uh, how far we are from that will as yet to be seen but i think um i think it's gonna be cool when we finally see what uh the new version of summon can do you know i got a question for you an an unrelated thing eric since you're in florida i heard somewhere and i don't know if this is true or not maybe you can clarify Mm it um when you park your car you can't park your car someone told me you can't park your car uh by backing in you have to be a certain way because the cops need to see your license plate is that true i don't know what the there are some developments, there are some locations uh, because of security teams that want to know, because in Florida, for those of you who don't know, Florida does not have license plates in the front of the car, only in the yeah, rear. Yeah, that's uh, kind of what I meant by it, yeah. Right, yeah, and, and a lot of states uh, require you have a plate in front and back, so it's great to live in a state where the front of my Model 3 is very clean. Yeah. Um. No, but there, there are certainly, I've been to like certain apartment complexes and some, some shopping areas where they do ask that you park your car nose cone first. Um, but it's, it's not a law. I mean, there's a number of people who will back their cars in, uh, into parking spaces. It just depends on where you're at. If it's private property, they can certainly ask that you don't do that. Okay. Just thought I'd ask since you're in Florida and 
I happen to be going down there next week. I just kind of wanted to know just to be. You'll be fine. You're totally <laughs> fine. We parallel park here too. You're 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 good. Okay. All right. All right. Moving on. Uh, the next little one came about because uh, we have a friend um, that we follow on Twitter. His name is Mark Benton. And uh, how you doing, Mark? If you're watching along. Uh, has a really neat YouTube channel that he started up, so please give him some love. I'll put a uh, link down in the uh, podcast in the video description if you want to subscribe to his channel. Anyways, he started something a few days ago, and he says, uh, and I'll bring up the tweet here that he put out. He says, I got word from what I believe to be a credible source that the standard range Model 3 will still have the glass roof, but will have a roof liner, textile fabric, on the inside covering the glass. So I thought we'd just take a few minutes today, and I don't know if this is true or not, of course, because I don't have any secondary confirmation, not that I'm God or anything like that, but it's the first I've heard of this, but I thought it would be interesting to have a little discussion about what we expect to see on the standard range Model 3 as far as the interior is concerned, because at $35,000 car, you know, just for people that need, um, just to reiterate, if you're ordering a Model 3 right now, all variants that they currently make require you to buy the premium interior. And the premium interior has always been, uh, not controversial, but I know a lot of people have always been speculating, of course, what is the standard Model 3 going to have? Because if you remember, if you go back to the Model 3 reveal event, Doug Field, who was the uh, Tesla engineer uh, during one of the test drives, and Ryan McCaffrey, our good friend Ryan, was sitting in the back, and he explicitly asked them if the glass roof was going to be standard. And Doug said, no, we're going to have options for glass. Uh, a metal roof, and of course a sunroof. Now, you have to also remember that those cha- those plans have likely changed quite a bit since the mm-hmm. early days, <coughs> excuse me, of the Model 3 program. My personal opinion, and I'm just going to put it out there first, and we can have this discussion. My opinion about the Model 3, if you look at what Tesla's done with the Model S in terms of their simplification, um, they used to have a metal roof on the Model S. They used to have uh, an, an optional panoramic roof, which is the sunroof, which is now gone, of course. Now the only roof you can get is the full glass roof. It does not make sense to me to have a Model 3 with two roof options. This makes sense oh, from oh, the... Oh, hold, oh. hold the phone there. Are you telling me you can't get pano roof on an S <coughs> Correct. It's gone. not know All that. glass. Yeah, glass only. Shocking. Yes. Carry on. So, sorry. Um... So my point yeah, with this they're, is, they're, they're, well, yeah, no, there was it's it's one of those off menu ones. You oh, might you might be able to get it, but yeah, you can't just go online to the configurator and design it with a. With a it's panel. not in the configurator, which means that if it's off menu, it's only there for a limited amount of time. Eventually, they're going to get rid of it. Okay, right. So getting back to my point here, I have always been of the opinion that simplicity rules with Tesla. Um, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to watch what they've been doing in terms of simplification of their product offerings in terms of options you can order with the car. So my opinion has always been that I always felt that the metal roof was never really on on the plate. Maybe at first, um, but based on what they've been doing with the Model S, I never thought that the that the metal roof was going to be an option on the Model 3. Glass just makes sense from simplicity, from from cost. I mean, Elon said many times glass is cheap. Okay, so what he calls cheap and what we call cheap is two different things. Mm-hmm. I always suspected that the standard re- or the standard interior on the Model 3 would really basically be cloth seats, no premium sound system, and that's about it. Everything else would just basically stay the same. 
However, this little bit here about keeping the glass roof makes sense, but covering it with a, with a fabric textile and maybe painting the underside of the glass, because obviously you can't have it, you, you need it to be opaque in order to save things like the headliner or whatever else is underneath from UV rays. Bottom line, I don't like this. This is cheating. If they do this, it's cheating. They shouldn't do this. It, it feels cheap to me to, to do this. Well, I, I followed that whole thread, and um, I thought there were lots of good points brought up. And one of the theories was, well, they're going to put in the textile liner in lieu of the uh, UV coating in the glass, which I imagine is adds a fair amount of cost to it. So that could be one way out. But still, what's the real difference between having to add the fabric liner versus paying for the coating versus what the perceived value is to the customer? I mean, if we're talking a couple of hundred dollars, wouldn't you rather have the full effect of the uh, of the tinted roof? I mean, I uh, I don't get I th it. I think in this case, it's it's about appearances. They need to do something in order to make to not be able to justify the five thousand dollar premium. Oh, I know. I, 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 I get that I, I understand their justification, but I mean, anybody with a brain is going to look at it and go, seriously, you're going to block it out so that the people who paid extra for the premium feel like they're getting extra value? Like, no. I mean, that's, it's, it just, it ain't going to look good. I mean, I, I align my feelings the way that you gentlemen both do. I also think that we need to remember the premium interiors got a lot of stuff to it. So, I mean, if you're going from the premium seating that we have now to the textile seating, uh, you know, there's uh, the fog lamps are gone. You can't save uh, driver profiles. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that obviously the, uh, the premium package has. But from an aesthetics standpoint, I agree with you that this is not the best way to approach it. Now, whether, again, we haven't had a secondary source verify uh, what Mark had reported, um, and so we're not here to discredit Mark's source in any way. We just don't have a secondary source to confirm it. Uh, so we're going on the pretext that this is the this is what's going to happen. And yeah, it, it sort of cheapens the experience. And and I'm using that term not to devalue the car. It just it just doesn't seem to be the way you'd want to go about it. Yeah, that's the problem with secondary source. And um, yeah, I've not been able to confirm this. When I say appearances, I, I don't mean from the outside of the car. I think keeping the glass and painting the underside black or whatever keeps the look of the car contiguous. I mean, if you look at mm -hmm. the top of a model, any one of the Teslas, any any of the Teslas without a paint, you know, with a glass roof, mm -hmm. uh, you get that really nice, sexy curve thing happening. And it's, it's you know, it gives you a nice continuous, um, uh, you know, glass expanse. So from that aspect, um, from appearances, but yeah, I don't have a problem with that. It's just that if I know I have a glass roof under there and all they've done is added and extended the headliner, it's like, huh, it just, it just feels cheap to me. It, it, like it's a cheap thing to do. Just leave it open. Uh, yes. I don't know. That's just Agreed. me. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's start a hashtag. Let's start this trending. It's like glass roof for all. Glass roof for all. Glass, glass roof, roof for all. all. That's all right. Right. Hashtag leave it open. That's leave it, it open. There you I go. Like I like that. Let's let's do that one, everyone. Let's let's get on Twitter. Yeah. And tell Elon, glass yeah. for everyone. That's I agree. Right. <clears throat> Anyway, I just thought it was interesting uh, because, again, this is speculation. It's fun to indulge ourselves once in a while as long as you keep your expectations in check. We don't know exactly what Tesla's plans are or what they're going to do, but it's kind of fun to jump in once in a while. We're pretty close to seeing the standard interior, I would suspect, probably around, uh, what did we say? After J July 1st, maybe? 
we'll probably see that. Mm-hmm. Just while we're still on the topic, guys, I want to go back. Um, I think maybe to um, to the uh, the event in California, the last event where well, they were giving test drives. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reveal. This, this could be back the original in 2016, <laughs> where I thought that the seats were going to be manual adjustment. They wouldn't be powered seats. Am I incorrect on that? There is a possibility they may do that. Yeah, I, it seemed to me because we like there. Yeah, there was going to be no memory function because the seats were going to be like manual, you know, like slotted tracks and not electrically powered. Yeah, well, the last loaner that I had was a <clears throat> a Mercedes CLA two fifty. Now, of course, everyone on Twitter and everybody said you can't compare that to a Model Three. It's a different animal altogether. But the point is, is that even on a car that sells for well in Canadian dollars about forty five thousand dollars, equipped the way that the loaner was, uh, it had completely manual seats. So. Yeah, that's that's not unusual in very base versions of of yeah. lug, you know compact luxury sedans. It's not unusual to have a manual seat. There's definitely going to be some changes. It's just what are they going to do? Like, how much is it actually saving them? We know that Tesla. I'll be honest; they overcharge for their options um, in some respects. Um, but to me, it just makes total sense. You go to cloth on the seats. Maybe you go. To, yeah, okay, you go to manual seats. Definitely get rid of the premium sound system because if you look at the S and the X, you got to pay extra for that. Although it's included now, there was a time when it was you know extra and stuff. So Correct. they've been rejiggering their things again. They've been repositioning, and this is something we're going to talk about here in a second. Uh, but they've again they've been repositioning the product line again. So, um, but <clears throat> speaking of which, let's let's get into this because this is our next topic of, of conversation. Eric, you want to you want to get jump in here and do this one for us? Sure, no problem. So uh, there's been a lot of reporting on Tesla in recent days with uh, their cut in their uh, workforce uh, that happened last week uh, as we were taping our show. And uh, there's also been some news this week. This uh, came out through Reuters uh, yesterday, uh, where in an email from Tesla to Reuters, uh, they talked about the reduction in production lines for Model S and the Model X lines. Uh, So in the email from Tesla to Reuters, a Tesla spokesperson said, as a result of this change, uh, that is the elimination of the 75D uh, cars, uh, and because of improving efficiencies in our production lines, we have reduced Model S and X production hours accordingly. These changes, along with continuing improvements, give us the flexibility to increase our production capacity in the future as needed. Now, what that translates to is something to be seen. Uh, We sort of think before the show that maybe they're going to take some of that workforce that was working on those production lines and move them to other areas, say Model 3 or perhaps even Model Y, as that gets ramped up later on this year. So, uh, gentlemen, thoughts, of course, are very welcome, but I I think this is uh, nothing newsworthy in the grand sense because we sort of felt like this was coming uh, but I think it allows them to repurpose their workforce for some other areas of need. Yeah, I'm well, sure. I mean, you know, we know that they're in a, a period right now where they're really trying to trim the fat. The obvious goal here is get to the $35,000 car. And I think, you know, n- nothing is being overlooked. Anything they could potentially do to increase efficiencies of the entire operation. Like, they, I got to think right now that's the most immediate goal is to get there. I mean, there's tens of thousands of people around the globe that are waiting for that model and they got to get there. And this, this might just simply be part of that strategy. That's yeah. Yeah. I no mean, doubt. We know, I was gonna say Tesla is planning on having some more information uh, regarding this very topic uh, coming up on Wednesday. Uh, the next earnings call is slated for January 30th. Now we're not going to have a show uh, next week. So we certainly will talk about that 
uh, on our next show in February. But yeah, that, that's the next earnings call. So if you want to sort of have an idea of what's going to happen while we're away, uh, I would say follow up on that earnings call. You can go to the uh, investor relations section on Tesla.com and you can get some more information there. I may, uh, <clears throat> I may do a live stream that day depending on my timing. So, <sighs> so we may have some fun with that. Um, my personal opinion about this, I'm just going to throw this in here, and I'm just I'm just looking at it from a slightly different angle in some ways. Um, you know, the recent canning of the 75D battery option on the S and the X without an, uh, an according price uh, adjustment on those cars basically has separated the S and the X even further from the three. Mm-hmm. So I think in some markets that's going to decrease demand on those cars because they've just become a little bit less affordable for a lot of people. So if you're going to decrease demand there, <clears throat> it just leaves you more room to increase your production on the Model 3, where, you know, essentially right now, that's the bread and butter for the company. So I don't see it as a bad thing. It just means yeah. that, you know, this is a short-term thing. I mean, Europe's coming online. China's going to be coming online for Model 3 real soon. So uh, there's certainly not going to be any drop in demand for Model 3 anytime soon, I don't think. So and, it's not uh, a bad to thing. to that end, there are some people who are reporting that their Kelly Blue Book value for their Model 3s have increased uh as it coincides with the reduction in the federal tax credit here in the United States. So some people are seeing their cars become even more valuable uh, in recent days. Oh, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, let's move on to the next little bun here. We don't have that much to talk about, but Tesla has been sending out invites for special Model 3 and Winter S driving experience in Finland. I'll bring up the the post here from Tesla Roddy. So uh, Tesla's basically saying, it's been sending out to people, says, this March, we might bring you and a friend to the frozen sea in Finland. Sign up for a chance to experience a unique driving event with Model 3 and Model S in Europe. Enjoy Model 3 track mode and the unparalleled power in best class acceleration of Model S as you race across a wintry ice track with with a trained professional. Winners receive complimentary travel, room and board, and a special dinner at Kemi Snow Castle. Share this with friends and families who participate. Um... This is interesting. This is the first time I've actually seen Tesla actually do anything with complimentary room and travel. Every time we go to these events, uh, we're on we're on the hook for everything. <laughs> no so you know, there's going to be some uh, some happy campers in Europe, anyways. Uh, get to experience track mode. Of course, Ian's all about track mode. So, what do you guys think? Yes. Yes. I, well, I think it's awesome. I mean, a lot of the other premium brands have offered stuff like this. Uh, Time and again, I managed to bum a couple of rides uh, with Audi over the years here. They've done some nice winter events uh, at some resorts up north here, and they were always very well organized. And it's it's kind of fun, you know. It makes you feel a little bit more attached to the brand, and they wine you, and you dine you. It's 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 a cool thing to do. And I mean, uh, in Finland, are you kidding? This is like Rally Central. I would kill. I would definitely kill. <laughs> I mean that in the literal sense. You want somebody off? I will do that if you get me on this trip. Um, but uh, yeah, and no, I'm I, leaving I, in three. Two, one. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> I kid, I kid. No, I, I think it looks great. And the fact that, you know, they're going to pick up the tab on the whole thing is uh, is even better. It uh, it looks fantastic. That's that's kind of like one of those cool premium brand things that, you know, typically they've avoided in the past. It's nice to see them indulging at least one or two little ones here and there now. Yeah, also been getting reports, for those of you who are not aware, um, I think it's both Norway and Germany, at least two of the countries are starting to, uh, Model 3 test uh, test rides or test drives 
now. So if you're still in the market, you haven't hopped onto the uh, Model 3 bandwagon, haven't pulled the trigger on your configuration, of course, uh, the boats are literally on their way to Europe. So <laughs> there is uh, there's websites, the Marine Tracker and stuff, you can keep an eye on the on the Glovis Captain if you want to... Uh, see what your uh, <clears throat> where your car might be um, but yeah for those of you who are looking at doing a test ride uh, get in touch with Tesla locally and stuff so that you can get in on that so yeah, yeah things are happening for Europe of course the forum is starting to explode now we've got uh, sections for European so if you're in Europe and you're actually watching the podcast or listening to the podcast I encourage you to hop onto our forum we have a whole section all divided up into the major European countries. Um, so if you want to discuss anything local to your situation we've just created a new sub forum in there. Um, and uh, Michael Russo, one of our uh, moderators, is on there. He's been cleaning it up in uh, preparation for everybody to start uh, sharing their Model 3 delivery experiences in Europe. So just wanted to put that out there for everybody. And it's um, free. As far as that's going. Yes, and it's totally free. Membership is free, folks. It doesn't cost you anything. I mean, we have great sponsors and stuff. They help, they help pay the bills. So membership is totally free. Jump in. We have thousands of members on there. So just wanted to throw that out there for you guys. Um, one more little bit uh, before we get into some of the other stuff. Uh, I want to make one last pitch for Cars and Coffee. So put down February 3rd from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. at EvanX's headquarters in Deerfield Beach, Florida. We are having a Cars and Coffee event, so everybody's welcome. It is RSVP, however, so I'll have a link down in the video um, or the podcast description. You must RSVP to this event so we have a good uh, headcount. So we know how many people are coming, of course, for, you know, the coffee and donuts and all that fun stuff. So there's going to be some fun activities, going to have lots of Model 3s there. We're going to have the whole Midnight Silver Collective, uh, Tesla, uh, um, Rafael Santoni from Tesla Tino, uh, YouTube channel there. Our good friend Michael Bodner from Tesla Tuna will be there. You get to see Eric. You get to see uh, Ian. I mean, there's going to be a ton of people there. So we really uh, highly encourage you to go and sign up for that. We're looking forward to seeing you guys. And uh, man, it's like, I can't wait for vacation. I'm so burnt out. <laughs> just need some sun. I need some sun in my life. It's just crazy. My vitamin D count is way down. <laughs> you and me both, buddy. Woo. <sighs> oh, all right. Before we move on to viewer questions, Ian, I want you to take a couple minutes here and talk about your rally article that uh, just came out yeah this was kind of cool um some of you might have seen i had posted up uh, some snippets on uh, what i'd been doing with my rally club here uh, i used to belong to a club called uh, sports motor car club well i still do technically smcc which was one of the oldest um car clubs in canada and we'd i'd been doing navigational rallying for about the last 30 years um what the americans or our american listeners would call tsd time speed distance rallies and uh, we have a special brand of that up here, the winter rallies, where we do them at night, way out in the rural roads. Um, they run on public roads, so we do have to obey all of the speed limits, et cetera, et cetera. But um, as I point out in the article, it is still very challenging because we're running in on minus 10, minus 20 degree weather. Uh, the roads are snow and ice covered. We actually had a nice little storm come through last Saturday night during the event. Uh, I was the organizer of this event, so I didn't get to compete. But um, I engineered it in such a way that it would actually push the car to the limit. I uh, wanted to see how far we could get away with it and sort of practice to see what would happen ultimately if I uh, wind up competing in an event against uh, the ice, traditional ice competition. So um, one of uh, our uh, listeners, followers, um, Iktidar Ali from uh, X Auto World had reached out to me and said, look, why don't you write me uh, a bit of a story on this so I can, uh, you know, share with uh, my um 
uh, folks what uh, what this was all about. So uh, I did. I did a little quick write-up on it, and he basically published it there and was kind enough to insert uh, the photos. And my really crap video, which while I apologize for the 14th <laughs> time, I literally a day or two days before the uh, the event, I uh, I cracked my uh, cheap-ass Best Buy camera mount that I had, um, the ratchet mechanism on it broke. So I rushed in overnight uh, a RAM mount from the nice folks at GPS City out in Calgary. Unfortunately, I totally miscalculated the length of the arm necessary to drop the camera into the right position so that it would see sort of the driver's eye view. So when you look at it, you're mostly looking at sun visor and mirror. <laughs> and a little bit of road. So you can watch the video clip in there. Uh, it, it, you can see the angle of the car moving around. I think it sort of demonstrates a little bit. But trust me, the new mount that I've got now will be way better. I like anyway, the screenshot here. You're playing with fire a little bit. Got down to 1% well, SOC. That's that's the thing. Um, you know, like I encourage everyone to go and read the article. It will save you from listening to me. I'll have a link in the, the next 10 minutes. video and podcast but, description. But uh, yeah, it, it basically, uh, it was really nerve wracking on the night of the rally. I acted as what's called course opening car. So that is, I have to leave 15 minutes ahead of the competitors to go out, run the route, make sure all my checkpoint cars are in the correct location, that the roads are actually open, that there's no closers or any safety hazards. So you basically have to go like hell to stay ahead of the rally traffic to hold on. You got to be moving faster than them because you have to keep stopping and checking things. So um, when I had engineered the route, I'd set it up to go about 240 kilometers or just shy of 145 miles or so 140 miles and it turned out that on normal weather let's call it you know around the freezing mark down to about 10 below zero celsius that was fine i came back with a few points left in the battery on the night of the event we had minus 21 weather and a massive storm come in about halfway through so we had blowing snow the roads were snow covered it was it was crazy and uh it was super challenging to drive and in order to, to keep ahead of the rally traffic, I'd left late, so I was really moving. Uh, at the halfway point, we were down to 45% battery. Let that sink in. <laughs> we're at the farthest point of the rally. We got to come home. We have less than half a battery left. <laughs> How's that going to work, right? So yeah. the one thing that saved my ass was that I had engineered a little safety uh, valve. There was a section of the route which was looped. In other words, the cars did this 13-kilometer route where they passed the same roads twice. So I was, as organizer, able to just check the roads once, make sure everybody's there. I could cut out that 13K, and it wound up being all the difference because when we got back to the finish, we had 1% one, 1 battery. I left. saw that. Yeah. <laughs> and my navigator, Dave, the whole time was looking at it. You know, we had his daughter in the back seat doing the comm with, with the route, with the uh, checkpoint crews. And they just kind of went really quiet the last 30 minutes. They're just <laughs> staring at the screen going 12, 11, 10. <laughs> How far do we have to go? And I'm doing it. Come on, baby. Come on. You can come do this. Come on, come on, come on. You can do this, you know. Like we just go over the huge bridge over the uh, over the Ottawa River into Oxbury. We're at two percent. And it's just like, well, if we regen down the other side, I think we'll be fine, folks. <laughs> yeah, and it just flicked over to one as we pulled into the parking lot. Nothing like going on a little bit of a trip and getting down to that low SOC. I did that yeah. when I went out to uh well, I was at Vermont this year. Uh, I pulled into a couple of superchargers. We were running on fumes down to three percent, five percent, something like there. I don't like to push it that far, but <clears throat> when I have the supercharger made, I know it's not an issue, of course. So, well, you know, the thing is, once you get the hang of reading it, there's two ways you can do it. Right on a normal trip where you're on normal roads, and the the nav is looking at you know the route, and it it sort of follows your progress, and it keeps 
re repredicting based on your usage and the weather and the headwinds and everything like how much you're going to need it's quite predictive like you can rely quite well on what it's telling you but when you're doing what i was doing with it which is completely stupid you know it's your sideways and six inches of snow like the car doesn't understand that it's like and you can't even program the destination in the nav because it's this super screwy loop-de-loop -loop route so the only way you can really do it is to look at the real-time energy usage and figure out, okay, well, I know in section three, there's lots of hills and section four, there's this and that. And based on three times going through there, I knew what it was going to do. And it, it still, get, like just being able to read those energy graphs that we got in one of the last updates was hugely helpful. It gave me the confidence to be able to plot it out and it really worked down to the 1%. It was really right. right I've noticed hard. that there's at least somewhere since the version 9 release, there's been another point release that's come out. And I've noticed a marked improvement in the prediction of the the algorithm of the uh, of the of the SOC the state of charge has definitely improved. Uh, you know they're not really. I don't think they're taking weather and cold into account at this point. Mm, but um, I'm hearing that yes, apparently not. Well, weather and cold are two different things. Apparently, what I'm hearing now is yeah. that it's using the outside temperature sensor mm -hmm. to to plot it, and it's also incorporating elevation change, which is which is huge. That makes a big difference. Obviously. Well, that would come from Google Maps, of course. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for that report, Ian. It's always welcome to hear what you're up to, of course, with uh, Magneto. Um, we're going to get down to the part of the show we really like, and that's viewer questions. So I want to say a big shout out and thank you for everybody sending them in. Uh, we can't possibly answer all of them, but we're going to do our best to try and narrow it down to some of the good ones. Fine Lab has a line of protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. FineLab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. FineLab and Tesla. We were meant for each other. Um, so the first one we're going to get into here comes from uh, FC Factory. And I see, Ian, you've been uh, <clears throat> answering some of his questions. But uh, question number one, he says, I read a tweet about rebalancing batteries. What exactly does that mean? And how do we go about doing that? Question number two is for Ian. So I'll tackle the first little bit. <clears throat> so rebalancing batteries, what does that mean? Uh, uh oh, I lost my camera here. It just went cuckoo. Uh oh. <laughs> Keep we talking, have a frozen Trevor. <laughs> yeah, I got a frozen Trevor. I apologize. Right. It may you come want me back. To number two, while you get to yeah, why one. don't you do that here? I'll get this thing sure. sorted out. Sounds gross. So, <laughs> of course, Mr. Camacho would make that association, <laughs> lest we, lest we, lest we doubt. Uh, yes, to get on to question number two. So, um, question number two was: Are studded tires uh, overkill on a rear-wheel drive Model Three in the Montreal area? And my response was. Nothing in the Montreal area for winter tires is overkill. I mean, basically, um, if you wanted to put, you know, chains the entire winter, you could you could justify that. But no, right. realistically, on this car, uh, that's a personal preference thing. I find in urban areas, studs can be a little bit over the top. But uh, I know I can only speak really uh, from experience in Quebec. We are starting to get way more ice than we are snow in winters. Winters are starting to get colder. There's long stretches where we just basically have compacted snow, ice, or black ice. So studs come in really handy. My personal choice was to avoid them just because the car is so blissfully quiet. 
And I mean, you have that constant sound, uh, the chatter at low speeds of the studs, you know, on the concrete or on, on the asphalt sounds like, you know, crabs running across the rocks. I don't know. It either drives you crazy or it doesn't. But the other thinking was, too, that uh, a lot of the time when you don't have uh, any ice or snow coverage on dry roads or on wet roads, you actually lose a little bit of traction with the studs. So there's a, there's a definite trade-off there that you have to take into account. My personal decision was not to do them, but I mean, uh, if you did encounter a lot of ice, uh, certainly go with them. I mean, uh, there's there's no, I don't think they dramatically alter range or there's there's no real other drawback to them. It would be the same as on any other car. So if you're comfortable with studs, if you like the performance on studs, then keep them uh if you want to go maximum quiet there's certainly enough good studless tires right now that you know and the difference isn't as enormous as you think i think in testing typically you'd see around five to ten percent improvement you know is the best case scenario on on an icy surface for having the studs it's not like it's a 50 percent improvement or something like that but hey that's the difference sometimes between being in someone's back bumper and stopping 10 feet away so cool all right. Well, thanks for the answer. I switched my other camera here, so I'll retackle this question. So he's asking about what is rebalancing batteries. Well, <clears throat> in a nutshell, if you remember, uh, Tesla batteries composed of several thousand individual battery cells. And the battery management system, um, which is responsible for reading voltages from each one of the modules that's in the batteries, um, basically tells the computer how much range you have and so on and so forth. Um, but the battery modules are not monolithic. There are actually subgroups of batteries that are actually wired together in series and then in parallel. And the ones that are in, uh, in series um, have individual wires going to the BMS so we can read those in groups. Now, on the Model 3, I haven't really looked at the interior of the battery uh, to tell you how many of those groupings are, but I can tell you in a Model S or a Model X, there's 14 modules, uh, six, uh, sorry, 16 modules, and each one of those modules are broken down into subsections. So it's those little subsections that are read. So what rebalancing really means is that what the battery uh, management system will do is actually charge and discharge those groups of cells to try and normalize the voltages between those groups. It can't do it down to the cell level, but it can do it down to the submodule level. And you'll notice that if you do a range charge, which is 100% charge, don't recommend you do that on a regular basis, it takes a very, very long time to actually do that last 10%. Let's say you're normally um, uh, charging from 90% to 100%. Um, so that last little bit is not so much filling the battery, but it's a, it's that rebalancing process that it takes into account all the different voltages and tries to normalize them. So the BMS will actually try and charge some of the lower voltage modules up to a normalized and try to discharge the other one. So that whole little process of trying to get everything like normalized is what takes such a long time. So what you'll notice in some cases, though, is that if you're in the habit of doing too low of a state of charge, which is one of the things that Kim at the Light Cut Tesla channel ran, ran into, where she uh, had some uh, range loss, um, if you're in the habit of, of charging too low, then the BMSs get a little out of whack. So the solution is just, just to keep increasing your charge rate until things get up to about 100%. Then the BMSs really settle down and they know, okay, I know what the voltages are. So that's what rebalancing really is. So I hope that explains what that is. It sounds complicated, but it's really not. Uh, let's see here. Let's find another question here. Our good friend Jay Pace, he says, uh, question, would Model 3 Owners Club consider organizing a, organizing a rally event like the Rally des Neiges event that Ian Pavelko helped organize? I think it'd be really fun. Maybe ask show sponsors if they could offer a prize or three, even without prizes and nominal entry fee. 
uh, we could donate proceedings for charity. Um, Ian, thoughts on this? <laughs> I'd love to do one. Uh, Absolutely, I, let's do it. You know, it's it's not a problem. Um, it's there's definitely a skill set to it, so we'd need to have someone wherever we're organized. We'd have to decide where we're going to have it, right? Because yeah, you can't of course. just you can't have the same rally everywhere. It all depends on the roads where you are, and it has to be somewhere that I'd be able to access on a reasonably regular basis because to do a rally you need to go out and run the route at least two three times maybe so for me to do one in the gta or greater toronto area for all of you outside oh, there, i would take yeah yeah I, I i would have to make a lot of trips up there that would not go over well with the domestic situation at home here so <laughs> i sadly jay i don't think i could go do one on your home turf but uh if maybe we could do one somewhere in the middle i don't know around ottawa or something like that that might work yeah that that, that might work i'm more than willing to come to quebec it's not a problem oh there you go but then we'd, we'd be forcing all of our, our our friends it doesn't matter where we do it we're never going to make everybody happy right well we'd yeah that's a, we'd have to pick a spot but yeah i i would be totally down for that it, let's let's throw it out there everybody write in on twitter uh whatever you want and and try and let send us, us an email podcast at model three owners club yeah in the comments uh podcast exactly uh the podcast comments or or an email or in the twitter comments let us know what the interest is on in this if you'd be willing to come somewhere near the montreal area uh if we could settle on a spot and uh yeah i I'd, I'd love to do one for everybody you know that would be a blast yeah someone else had asked me on twitter today if the <clears throat> if we were going to do anything um as a club <clears throat> uh for more more events and stuff and i said well <laughs> i like to do that stuff in the spring and the summer so uh yes yeah, so we'll do some stuff with model three owners club uh when the temperature warms up in this local area i get a lot of questions I, I get other people on twitter asking me to go to california to do it because you know we've been talking about cars and coffee um i have to remember cars and coffee sponsored by evanex it's not really model three owners club we're just you know participating and we've been invited to to come up participate um we would there's a probably a chance you know if this model three thing or the Model Y event actually happens in the spring, as Elon has been hinting at. Uh, we end up in California. There's always a chance we may do some kind of like informal meetup or something like that. So if we do anything like that, just just watch on Twitter. We'll announce it. We'll you know we'll do, say something on the show or something like that. But I, I would love to do more and more things um, out in the public and stuff because I you know I like to meet the fans and. But it's just because of travel expenses and you know the dollar's not in our favor if we go down to the U.S. It just makes things so much more expensive. You know how it does. Oh hell yeah, especially right now. Yeah, yeah. So All right. Are you, saying, are you saying it's cheap <laughs> for people like me to come see you? Well, I do yes. encourage <laughs> Americans to come visit Canada because your dollar goes so much further right now. Why and not? You guys pay way less for flight. You pay way less for everything. Yeah, you know what? I was, I was, you know, I was going to do a little bit of a vlog when we actually get on the airplane situation. Um, flying in Canada is extremely expensive. We are raped. When it comes to flights, uh, which is why I always fly out of the U.S. If I go to Buffalo or I go to Niagara Falls Airport on the other side of the border, yeah. I pay less than 50% of the price than I would get here. And that's including exchange. It's just, yeah. Anyways, that's my rant for today. <laughs> hey, at least, uh, at least, I was going to say, jokingly, at least uh, your government's not shut down. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a discussion for another day. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's get back into some questions here. We had a question from Tesla in the UK. It says, with a CCS plug on uh, European Model 3 and changes to some supercharger plugs, have you heard anyone mention a CCS destination charger or possibly a Tesla plug to CCS adapter? Um, I'll gladly answer this. Um, just to clarify, Tesla is putting a CCS, that's the combined charge standard plug, on the Model 3. They haven't retrofitted any of the other cars at this point. There's no need to. You have to remember, a combined charge standard is two parts. 
There is a round plug on the top that is designed for level two charging. In Europe, they use the type two connector. In North America, we have a standard called J1772. On the bottom of the CCS, you have two DC plug pins. Those are for high voltage straight into the battery. CCS as a whole, if you use all of the plugs, that's really for level three. That's your fast DC charging, superchargers, um, all the other level three chargers that are around. So as for destination charger, things like a wall connector or anything like that, they're not level three, they're only level two. So there's no need to have a CCS plug necessarily on those because level two is already incorporated in the CCS standard. So just remember, it's the CCS standard is the, the top plug, which is your level two, changes on your locality, whether in your North America or uh, in Europe. So that's the only part that changes. In Tesla's case, what they've done for Europe is that they've just standardized on the Model 3. It has a larger charge part uh, flap so they can incorporate a larger charge port into the car just for simplicity. It just makes it compatible without having to use any adapters. Um, if we were to speculate a little bit going forward, Model 3, Model S, Model X, if they ever get around to doing some kind of body redesign, it makes total sense for them, at least for the European markets, to increase the size of the charge port on the back, similar to what they've done with Model 3, and just standardize on CCS and, and call it a day. But right now, it doesn't make sense um, to, to put anything on a, on a destination charger because it's level 2 anyways and it's already incorporated. So hope that answers your question. Uh, let's see here. What else we got? <clears throat> uh, 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 uh. I should have wrote down which ones I wanted to answer. We got somebody. Oh, yes. Um, here's another one here that I thought I would answer, and I already did, but we'll talk about it here on the show. Hubert Savelberg says, we need an option for a tow hook to mount a bike rack for heavy e-bike at the back of Model 3, not on the roof. I'm not along with this. I'm not alone with this wish. Belgium and the Netherlands are bike countries, and I agree with you 100%. So uh, I did respond to him uh, to take a look at the Eco Hitch by a company called Torquelift Central. It is an option. I don't know if it's available in Europe yet. Uh, Europeans may have a different um, distribution system. They may have some different hitch laws or whatever. Um, it is totally possible. Um, my opinion is that it's not really designed to pull heavy trailers and stuff. It's designed for things like bike racks and that type of thing. So hopefully for an e-bike, if it's not too heavy, you should be okay. But I highly encourage you to take a look at that. There are options. Even though Tesla hasn't put anything out officially, you can get options from other people and stuff. I think it sells for about 400 bucks. US, so it's not too bad. Um, there is a respondent underneath, as Michael says, in Europe, we need an electrical coupling with any tow hook for auxiliary lights. Uh, that's what the that's what Tesla has problems with. Yes, of course. Mm. Um, but I think the torque lift has an option for an electrical, so somehow they figure that out. All right, let's move on here. Um, Alan says, maybe a future podcast. Let's bring this up here so you can see what we're talking about here. Alan says, maybe a future podcast interviewing a European Tesla or Model 3 purchaser on how the deliveries were different or is it the same in the US? Yeah, absolutely. We'll do that. Um, we have some, we have lots of followers in, in Europe, of course. So we'd love to hear from you. So uh, any of you who are out there who uh, do get your Model 3, um, let's say sometime in February, uh, please get in touch with us. We'd love to have you on the show. We'll have to sort out time differences, of course, because, um, you know, we're in North America and you're in Europe and there's some time differences, so we have to sort that out. Uh, let's see here. Moving along. Eric, did you see anything on here that you would like to uh, to get in on? Nothing really specific. I mean, a lot of the topics we've sort of covered already, but I do have one question for you two gentlemen. Okay. What is one feature of your car? I know that uh, for those of you who don't don't know, Trevor has a Model X. It's a 
beautiful. Still car. have my reservation for a Model Three. Don't forget. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get that all the day. So, but this, but this is good. A good question because we have two different cars. So yes. Trevor has his Model X. Ian has uh, Magneto. His Model Three. Performance what Model is, Three. For each of you, what is one feature of your car that you realize you can no longer live without? And what is one feature that, you know what, if it wasn't in your car, you'd be okay because you really don't use it? Mm, boy. Oh, go. You uh-huh. go first, Ian. Yeah, heavy hitters. <laughs> <laughs> you go first, Ian. Um, it, this happened just the other day. Uh, I think it was just the the incredible speed with which uh, you can heat the interior of this car is out of this world. When I dropped it off to have the rear glass changed uh, last week, they gave me a Sonata loaner. And uh, yeah, I know everybody's like, oh my God, you had to go back to an ice car. Ah! Listen, I've been, you know, I drove it for 38 years. It wasn't the end of the world. And it wasn't even that bad a car. I, I kind of enjoyed it. You know, it was smooth enough. Um, but uh, the fact that you had to wait for the gas engine to warm up, it's pathetic. I mean, I've only had this car for three months. I'm just halfway through my first winter with it. And I'm so totally and utterly spoiled and destroyed by the instantaneous heat that that car can generate just at the touch of your button. You know, like, I mean, I've had remote starters on all my cars for 20 years. That would just take the edge off when you got in. This car is downright warm and toasty. It's incredible. I mean, you know, you can melt the snow off it in the morning. Mm, the I do that regularly. Yeah, that that that's something that I've become totally addicted to. Um, Something that I could live without, you're, you guys are going to find this heinous, considering how expensive <laughs> it was. And maybe I'll have a completely different opinion <coughs> after spending 60 hours going to Florida and back. But I could live without autopilot. Um, really? Yeah, I, I love the feature. And I mean, you know, it's the coolest thing to demonstrate in the world. People just go gaga when you just go, look, look, mono hands, la, 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 la. You know, they go trippy over it. But I guess part of it is because I'm such an old school hands on the wheel driver. Um, but yeah, a lot of the times I find I have to remember to engage it on long stretches of highway because I just so much enjoy the feel of the car. Um, mm-hmm. That was apparent from the first time I had the rental in, in California before I even got my own car. I was kind of like, boy, why did I order this exactly? I, again, I'm sure on a long, long trip like I'm about to undertake, I'll have a very different opinion. And mm-hmm. and I, I lo- especially now with Nav on autopilot, it's spectacular. It works really well. But yeah, truth be told, that wouldn't be the end of the world if I didn't have it. All right, my turn. Go. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm really spoiled with the windshield. I love that thing. That's probably my favorite feature. Um, feature I'd like that I could live without. Um, mm-hmm. probably the Falcon wing doors. Um, they don't bother me. It's just like they're there. Um, but. I, it's I didn't buy it because of that. It's just I wanted a bigger SUV, and it just happens to be like that. Um, other than that, I I don't know. I mean, get rid of the web browser. It's freaking useless. I never use it. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, I don't. I don't think I've even used it in my car. I think when I when I got the version nine update last year, I sort of played around with it to see how it worked. But I think that's it. I've never used it in my car otherwise. It, you it, know what it is good for when it does work is uh, there's Tesla Waze, right? That, that site yes. you can go to. Um, yeah. And you can actually have the way. I, I do appreciate that. That When it does work, that is actually kind of handy. Mm-hmm. Well, those are my bits. Just it is I'll, what it is. Uh, I'll but... answer my own question. So I'll tell, I'll tell you what do. I can do. I can tell you what I can do now. <laughs> Excuse that's, me. That's the easy one. Um, the glass roof. Yeah, that one section I, above I, your head? I, 
as a driver, yeah, as a driver, I don't look up enough. I mean, if I'm parked somewhere like I was today, I sort of like sometimes I forget that I have that view above my head. But for the most of the time in my car, I don't even use it. I don't look up through it. Um, you know, it's it's a great thing to see. It's great when you wash your car and you see the color on the top of the uh, the glass roof. But yeah, if if I didn't have that, I think I'd I'd still be okay. Um, the future, I think, is so. You're saying you'd be okay with a headliner all the way through. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to start a whole like activist group over this, and now you're telling us hashtag give us the glass. Uh, ha- hashtag glass all. Uh, okay. glass, glass for all. all. That's it. Glass for all. Yeah, if you take out the four, it's like a, a glass all. All right, so and we have a show title. There we go. Yeah. Right. Um. The 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 feature that I can't live without nowadays it really is autopilot for me. Um, really, I drive wow, I drive great I drive great stretches of road um, here in Florida. I'm usually a highway driver, and there's a number <coughs> of times me. where it's just been a great safety benefit because um, sometimes drivers don't pay attention. They're drifting. They're on their phones, uh, which is illegal by the way uh, here in Florida. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely would be that it's autopilot. Uh, I've seen it. There's been some instances where it's kept me from being in an accident with other drivers just because how it responds to, um, something happening around me. So it's been, um, it's been great. I, I really would like, yes, please. That's, that's the best part. Cool. Good questions. Always like to hear our opinion sometimes. All right, let's, uh, let's dig in here. Let's do two more questions from the viewers and, uh, maybe we can call it a night. Uh, first one here comes from Michael Conan. He says, do you think smart air suspension, that's what he means by SAS there, uh, will come on Model 3 and when, um, if you do? Uh, I, say, I say no. You don't really? think so? I, I don't think so. I, I think, so here, here's my general con- uh, uh, train of thought when it comes to Model 3. The less bells and whistles, the better. We realized that when the Model 3 was going to be coming out, that it was going to have half the wiring of the Model S, and it's going to have uh, less technology, just because they want to be able to produce a less expensive car and be able to produce it quickly. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to put the SAS on the Model 3. I mean, I'd be surprised if they did, but at this point, there's been no discussions of it. I'd be surprised after more than two years touting this car that they would suddenly just decide to add that as a feature. I, I just don't see it happening. Personally, I think they will in due time. Okay. Um, right now they're still, well, they're not really in production hell. They're in delivery hell. Um, but you have Service to, hell too. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know, not a day goes by where I don't see somebody on Twitter or on social media or wherever it happens to be saying, Okay, well, where is the $35,000 car? We know that's coming. We'll talk about that here in a second. Um, but why doesn't that Model 3 have, you know, this feature and that feature and this feature and that feature? And I'm like, you. I mean, a lot of you might be new to this, but you forget the Model S didn't originally have parking sensors. It didn't have folding mirrors. I mean, it had a lot of things that, of course, we take for granted today. So as far as Model 3, you, you have to plan in some upgrades to keep the product going eventually. So you can't just deliver a fully baked car. It just doesn't happen. Otherwise, there's nowhere for you to go. So I think in the case of smart air suspension, it could very much be tied to, you know, uh, a future upgrade to the performance Model 3 or the performance package that will come in due time. Um, I have air suspension on the Model X. It's not like I have a choice. It's kind of built in. Um, I like it a lot. After driving a gas car for almost part of a week in my last loaner and getting back into this, night and day difference. I happen to like air suspension. 
Um, if I had a Model 3 and I had performance, I would want air suspension. So there are some benefits to it. Um, so I personally, I think it's it's going to come eventually along with a slew of other features because, I mean, the Model 3 is not going to be a Model 3 the way it is forever. They are going to add more features as they go. It's just the name of the game. Ian, any thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I maybe I tend to take Elon too much at his word, but he seemed... He did say. Yes, on at least two occasions I can remember that he said, yes, it's coming next year. In other words, he almost with an air of disappointment the way he wrote, it's like, yeah, we couldn't get it out, you know, for the launch, but that's going to be coming. And I got to think, you know, especially at the high end for the performance car or whatever, it's it's something that people want. They've associated it with the brand. And I got to think it's a good cash cow. I mean, you know, if there's money in it for them, I'm sure they're going to, you know, and of course, this is the company that charges $5,000 for everything. So if it's like, you want SAS? $5,000. You know, this is kind of what I see them <laughs> putting it at. Maybe, maybe not. But hey, if they can make a profit on it, uh, you know, and it's in development already, uh, I, I think it's something we'll see come down the pike. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, everybody has an opinion, I guess, and uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But uh, yeah. Okay. Moving along, we got two more questions here. We'll just tackle real quick, and I think they're kind of tied together. So we have Joe Butt here says thoughts on the thirty-five thousand dollars version only for reservation holders. All others get a thirty-five thousand or forty thousand dollars. They don't lose money. Uh, and then uh, also from Brian Lesney says, what do you think will be available in four to six months? Uh, when will we be able to order the standard range all-wheel drive non-premium interior packer? Do you think that a customizable standard range won't come out for a while yet? Hmm. I have some thoughts. Um, we've talked about this on the show before. Uh, I think right now, uh, you know, Tesla's obviously not able to offer a $35,000 car yet. They still don't have their costs in check yet. It will come eventually. It would not surprise me to see not just a mid-range Model 3, but maybe something even lower, maybe around $40,000 that will have a standard battery, but you still have to pay for the premium interior just for a little short while. Um, Just keep chipping away at that cost on the car to try and get people to jump on the bandwagon. I mean, Tesla's really good at doing these demand lever things, you know, pulling these these little things. I mean, when they introduced the mid-range Model 3, man, I mean, the orders just took off. So it wouldn't surprise me that they would uh, eventually do something like that. Offer a standard range Model 3, but keep the premium interior until they really get the cost in check. And then the true $35,000 car will be available at that point. Any thoughts on that? I can agree with that. Chris gets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that's where we're going. I mean, you know, this idea that the car is never going to come out. No, it's, it's definitely going to come out. I just, it, it's, it's a little bit of an Elon time thing again. You know, they've got to get there. And I, this comes back to what I was saying earlier. I think they're undergoing tremendous, uh, you know, financial dieting to get them down to the point where they can produce the car viably. It's just a function of, will it be in, four months will it be in six months will it be in <gasps> gasp seven months i don't know but mm-hmm. i'm sure they're gonna get there okay one more question one more last one i promise okay um art booth <clears throat> uh regarding the blind spot warning you need to add a chime indicator right now <clears throat> you have to take your eyes off the road to check the screen i agree with you 100 <coughs> percent. excuse me oh my god kermit the frog is trying <clears throat> to show ribbit <clears throat> hello miss piggy <laughs> Yes. Um, my last loaner, which was that Mercedes CLA, did have something, and I forgot to put that into my review, my impromptu review that I do. Every time I get a loaner, I like to do one of these reviews. 
that whenever there was a car that was coming up in a blind spot and I put the blinker on, it would chime once or twice. That I was like, we need that. That would be really cool. It, and it wouldn't take much for Tesla. I mean, everything that we need to do this is already present on the car. We have blind spot monitoring. All it takes is, is for Tesla to to add the chime. So if this is a feature that you think is valuable, and I think it is, we all need to collectively get on Twitter and um, ask Elon for that feature. Best time to catch him? Sunday nights. <laughs> That's go. when he te- tweets the most. You, so you want, we'll try and make a concerted effort this weekend to try and catch him on that one. You want to laugh, Trev? The Loner Sonata I had, which was from the rental fleet, it was not exactly the high zoot one, had that feature. I was kind of like, really? I think it's becoming more common. I mean, I had oh, yeah. uh, I had a bliss now. I had a bliss system on my last car, which was the Lincoln MKC. Um, it it didn't do the the blind spot um, notification like it didn't make a chime. I mean, I got the little indicators in the mirrors, and and whenever I had the car in reverse, of course, it would flip out when it detected a car anywhere near. So. Some cars are getting more and more. I mean, don't forget that car's already, uh, you know, four years old by today's standards. So, you know, this technology, this this stuff is moving very quickly. And uh, again, this is just a software thing. A Tesla can add it, but they just, they need to hear from the public. Just blabbing about it's not good enough. You need to get on Twitter and let the man in charge know. So again, uh, let's try and do something maybe on the weekend to try and get uh, Elon's attention. Any glass closing? for all. Glass, glass for all. all. Oh, that's Glass the hashtag we're using. For all. Glass and blind spot monitoring for all. Yes, of course. Um, any closing thoughts, guys, before we call it a, an evening? I do want to say uh, real quickly here uh, that uh, I'm looking forward to the event coming up on February 3rd. Uh, it's, you know, for, this show has certainly taken off uh, from the outset, and that's in large part because of the community surrounding what we do. Um, so if you haven't already registered, this is just, again, one last uh, ask for you guys. We have 120 registrants as we're taping the oh, show nice. on January 24th, which is great. Uh, so uh, please sign up if you're going to bring a friend, uh, a significant other, um, someone who's interested in electric cars, anything. Just bring them. It's it's a fun day. De- it's a fun event. It's a great day. Um, typically, people hang out well after the event's over just to kind of socialize, look at other cars, go for test drives, things like that. Uh, when Trev and his wife were down here last year, she had a chance to test drive the car. Uh, you know, She's for the, the first, first time, first Canadian woman to drive one. Yeah, there you go. Not that we're biased <laughs> in any way, but uh, it, it's honestly a great event. Um, if if nothing else, it's just taking this community that has so much passion and energy and brings everybody together. Um, and it's Super Bowl Sunday, so it's not going to impede upon your evening plans. The game's still going to be six and a half hours later. So uh, just come out. It's a, it's a great event. There's going to be, uh, again, all kinds of little finger food. There's coffee for everybody, but you have to register. The number that, of people that register will determine exactly what the event will turn out to be, how much food to get, et cetera, et cetera. So please go to the YouTube description for this podcast or go to the description that we'll put up on your various podcast players, tap the link, go online, or even go to Twitter and go to Trevor's uh, profile where he's had a pinned tweet, which has a link right there. Just go ahead and do it. It's a great event. Please come out. We'd love to see you. Even if nothing else, you just come say hi and then leave to go somewhere else. Just show up. We'd love to see you. And as we mentioned, uh, we will not be doing a show next week because of the timing that I have to get on the plane to get down to Florida. But we will not let you down. We have some really fun stuff planned yeah, we do. for that week. So uh, we'll let you in on the surprise a little bit later. Anyways, uh, Eric, you're on, uh, you're on screen here. So it's your opportunity to plug your social media and stuff before we sign off for tonight. 
Thanks, Trevor. So if you guys want to follow me on social media, you can find me on Twitter. The handle is ECFIX. That is E-C-F-I-X. And a quick shout out to our two friends who are not here. Uh, you can follow Rafael uh, Santoni at uh, Teslatino. You can also find our friend uh, Michael. He is at Teslatunity. So give those gents a follow. They're big supporters of the show and, and they're why we're here doing what we're doing. Absolutely. Ian, you're up next. Do your plug. All right. Well, I'm just going to start by saying I am as equally stoked as Mr. Camacho uh, to meet as many of you as I can. I, uh, I'm i really thrilled with the opportunity to go down and be part of the show there uh, in February. I, that's going to be super awesome. So hopefully as many of you can make it out as possible. Hope to see you there. Uh, on Twitter, of course, you can find me at Ian Pavelko. That'll be properly spelled in the show notes. Uh, on uh, Model 3 Owners Club, the handle is Mad Hungarian. Uh, if you have any specific questions about Model 3 performance or the uh, wheel and tire aspect of things in general i am always happy to add um, answers on public or private message whatever the case may be and uh finally there it is our man trevor is uh advertising I'm sporting the a man in red wma <laughs> yeah baby math adoption sure exactly i'm <laughs> i'm wearing my little red riding hoodie with the evolve wear of course traditional slogan on it here with the uh caveman evolving into the gas car, evolving into the Model 3. So we have that. And uh, Mr. Camacho is doing the black WMA this evening as, as, as his <coughs> fashion. Me. So all of those T-shirts, uh, of course, uh, we uh, I use as a fundraising thing. $6 from each item gets donated to um, three different organizations. Um, Plug in America in the U.S., Electromobility Canada here as a national agency, uh, which helps fund all sorts of other different EV organizations. And then finally, my own home province one, LAVEC, Association du Véhicule Électrique de Québec, who all do fantastic uh, EV advocacy work. So uh, every time you buy one of these shirts or mugs or what have you, you are um, helping a good cause. So if you go to teespring.com, T-E-E, spring, all one word, dot com, and just look up model... Uh, well, Mad Hungarian or Evolve Wear, you'll you'll find the selection of them. And of course, Trevor, you're usually good enough to put the uh, link Always. into the show notes. Exactly. So you can see that there. It's also in my Twitter profile. So if you just go look me up on Twitter, you'll see in my profile the web link for that as well. Ooh, awesome. Oh, let's, let us not oh. forget real quick. Uh, the uh, uh, incentive program, the referral program is ending yes. at the oh, end of January. Boy. Yeah, that's oh, a boy. We, we would be remiss because this is our last show of the month of January. Please, if you were We'd thinking of getting, that. you know, right? So uh, Ian is, is, is a very humble fellow. He recently tweeted out his referral code. You'll see those all throughout the first show. First time ever. <laughs> first time he's ever done it. Um, we, we're, we're the kind of people that want to inform and educate. We're not here seeking referrals because we want to gain something. It's ideally we want to help further the mission for Tesla. So if you are interested in ordering a Tesla or you know someone who does, again, we would greatly appreciate if you use your referral codes. If you don't, that's fine. But why give away six free months of supercharging on your car or the person you're going to refer to is going to get the car? Take care of the benefit. In the show notes, you'll see the referral code for Trevor, for Ian, for me. Pick any one of them. Trevor has got like eight roadsters. I'm kidding. He doesn't have <laughs> he's only got two. So he's, only, he's, only two. He's totally fine. He's rocking up the, the scoreboard, but uh, I don't need any more his, referrals. Don't use mine. He doesn't, don't he doesn't use need more, but feel free to, if you have someone you care about, uh, again, we're looking about one week left from when we're taping the show till the end yes. of the referral program this as we know event. it. So please, this is the end of it. Um, so use the referral codes, get out there, place those orders. Uh, you can go online and submit them uh, after your order's done. You can actually go to a showroom and take care of it there. 
But again, the referral program ends next week. So please, if you're seriously interested in getting a Tesla, do not miss out. Don't leave that money on the table. Dude. Yes, don't leave free charging on the table. Even if you're going to charge your car like four times a year, like I have, <laughs> free is free is free. That's right, baby. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for doing that. Thanks for joining me on the show. You can follow me, my Twitter handles at Model3Owners. Again, the best place to discuss Model 3 with everybody, and we have actually have a search function that works, is Model3OwnersClub.com. <laughs> Want to say a big shout out to all of our sponsors. That's FNX, Dula Band Insurance, and the great guys at Fine Lab Ceramic Coatings. That's it for this week. Again, we're going to skip next week. We'll be back on the following week, on the first week of February. And uh, thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. See you February 3rd. Bye. Bye. Bye.